0: i uh-huh. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Dime Dropper, episode 63 of our 24-minute recaps. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on all platforms at YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts. Make sure to leave a review if you'd like, Spotify, and of course to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. I just posted a thread on the 67-68 season starting it because I'm about to finish that year, and we are very close to finishing the 60s before I release my first Diamond Dropper Time Machine uh, video where we start getting into breaking down footage as I continue my journey about the history of the game. Let's talk about tonight's game, the Clippers. My Clips looking for their third consecutive win playing against a team that we lost to earlier in the year in January, the San Antonio Spurs, a team that I had fairly low in my season preview and I've really surprised a lot of people, including myself, but have started to tail off as the season's gone on and I really hope they don't make the playoffs just because I just don't find any interest in them and they've had their time. And tonight, again, the Clippers coming out with that energy, that intensity that we love to see. And what did I say after we lost to Dallas the sec- uh, again? I said, we have at the one positive is that Paul George and Kawhi have been playing together. And you need that chemistry, that continuity. Despite the fact that we don't have Pat Bev, having our two best players on the court consecutively was a big problem before the All-Star break. Remember, we lost the Boston game. We lost Sacramento game. And to have them both back in a consecutive run of games is huge. And so when we had that Charlotte game, it's a good chance to get a little streak going. You get that game, you get the huge win against Atlanta, and that's kind of a a total momentum changer. The Spurs didn't have a chance today, and I think it's because of Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard... These last three games has been on a different planet defensively. He is, I've been saying this since the glorified summer league, but when Kawhi's engaged defensively to start games, he's a different player altogether. It's like his leadership of the game changes. his The way he moves on offense changes. And Kawhi was turning that corner and hitting people with a burst today, you know not necessarily taking guys off the balance one-on-one as much, but at least off screens, and occasionally he actually did get one-on-one, where he did get by a guy, and rose up with authority, so I don't know what's been going on, maybe he was well-rested after that All-Star break, and or maybe it's because we're just winning by so much, but Kawhi's effort, he was in the passing lanes, and you know what, a lot of people are saying Paul George is struggling tonight, you know, I didn't really think he was struggling that much, 8 of 18, and his defense was really good, and I thought he was making the right reads, and you know, our guys, Kawhi and Paul were just turning the corner, kicking it out, and I thought that guys like Reggie Jackson were making extra passes. Again, Marcus Morris Sr., how good was he again tonight? Hitting his open threes, you know, Reggie Jackson making those extra passes, and Sr. knocking them down. How good has he been for the Clippers this season? Marcus Morris Sr., 20 points, 7-12 on the field, another great night, 5-7 of seven from 3, absolutely lights out senior but Kawhi you know he was getting doubled in the post and they were loading up on him in the post and these were just creating good shots Reggie Jackson I thought was very solid as well he didn't turn the ball over one time, and that's what I like to see. He only played 18 minutes, but he had 9 points on 3 of 6 on the field and 2 of 3 from 3. Our first quarter, we were just electric. And Evitia Zubats again, just standing his ground, contesting shots in the mid-range floater area. The Spurs didn't have a lob threat. They don't have that athleticism like that. Jakob Pertl is very athletically similar to zoo so he doesn't have any distinct advantage over zoo And I thought that we did a good job of you know, defending guys like Keldon Johnson, DeJounte Murray in that floater area, and that starts with Kawhi and Paul George fighting over screens, you know what I'm saying? And they did that tonight, and I really enjoyed that. If it's Zubac, though, and, you know, putting a hand up and just being a presence down low, being a presence rolling to the basket and finishing around the basket. The guy did not miss tonight. He had 14 points on 5 of 5 from the field and 8 rebounds, and he had 80% of his free throws, 4 of 5 to be exact, he was awesome. He had the highest plus minus of any starter, plus 27, and he played 32 minutes. We want to see Zubas playing over 30 minutes. It's a no brainer at this point that Zubas needs to continue to be in the starting lineup, and Serge needs to go back to the bench like he was with Toronto, because Zhu is a completely different player in the starting lineup, and he's really revitalized his season and looking like the person I thought was going to be most improved before the season started, because I thought he was going to get more minutes. But because of the initial put in Serge to spread the floor idea by Ty, It hasn't been the smoothest road for Zoo. However, he's been playing phenomenal basketball lately. The first quarter in general for the Clippers was great. We were up 41-29. Second quarter was a lot more even. Like, DeMar DeRozan was doing a really good job getting in those mid-range areas. And Kawhi did a really good job on him. DeRozan was only 7 of 18, but it did feel like he was making a lot of those tough mid-ranges coming off those screens. And there's not much you can do about him. You just got to put a hand up. But... We were very in control, and in the third quarter, we didn't let our foot off the gas. That's one thing I loved seeing us do tonight. We did not take our foot off the gas at all. We stayed the course. We didn't let the Spurs get within six or five. We put it right back up to double digits, and we stayed the course. No choking, no losing the lead, never a doubt, and you got to love that. And somebody who I thought contributed greatly today, I've been talking about his shooting being poor lately, Nick Batum. He did all his things he does defensively. Great. Defense, blocking shots around the basket. He had multiple blocks tonight, great blocks. Um, Let's see, yeah, two blocks, four assists as well, but just knocking down the open shot, 13 points for Nick Batum, three of five from the field, three of four from the three, and he even got to the line five times and made him four times. Paul George did a great job snaking through the screens in the second half. He even had a beautiful turnaround over the right shoulder from the left side. He was just playing very smoothly, pairing, playing at a great pace, and having his hand active in the passing lanes. And I really enjoyed that. Nick Batum also had a good, you know, hustling over a screen and just putting a hand up, affecting shots. And I thought Lou Williams was good today as well. Lou Williams, you know, um, you know, got into the lane. He was hitting his pull-up jumper. Even those, you know, the shots where he pump fakes and the guy just doesn't want to bite because he's so good at leading in, and he just hits the shot anyway. And he made some nice passes. One really nice one to Terrence Mann, who, again, was just very solid, did his job well. 25 minutes for Terrence, 7 points on 3 of 8 from the field, 7 boards, plus 18 on the court. Lou Williams, 16 points on 6 of 12. He was much better tonight. And overall, just a very good performance to the Clippers. It was very comfortable. Canard, 12 minutes. Again, I would have liked to see him get a little more. I don't want to keep saying that. But all that matters is the victory 134 to 101. No LaMarcus Aldridge who really hurt us last time we played these guys. No Rudy Gay who also was very good last time we played these guys. So a great win for the Clips. 3 wins in a row, guys. This is awesome. The Suns, another one of our dime dropper teams lost to the Magic tonight. I did not see the game. I may watch like an extended version of the highlights to see why they lost, but at the same time, I really don't care much because that gets us one step closer to that second seed and moving on up is all we got to do. Uh by the way, checking in on the by the way, so the Clippers, three wins in a row. We move on to 29 and 16. And I love the way what I'm seeing right now. The Spurs 22 and 19. But let's move on to a game yesterday. Just very briefly, I wanted to talk about it. The Lakers and the Pelicans. The Lakers started out okay. They only down by three after the first, but after that, their offense just showed how poor it can be. And am I surprised? What did I say in Who's the GOAT, guys? My third ever episode about LeBron teams. They're they're so reliant on him controlling things that when you take him out, in fairness to LeBron, though, I mean, in fairness to the Lakers, it's not just LeBron. It's Anthony Davis and LeBron, which is huge. I mean, you can't expect to take those two out and just win games like that. I mean, the Clippers have been able to do it, but we don't play with, I don't know, LeBron is just such a dominating force, and I don't know if having Dennis Schroeder as your best player is going to win you games against great opposition. I think the Pelicans, I mean, we got our asses kicked by the Pelicans, and the Suns are not an easy team either. So the Lakers haven't really played any games that I think they should have won without LeBron and them, but seeing how careless they are with the ball and how many times they turn the ball, uh, you know, just in general, and their defense just looks sus. They don't really have the same leadership. But, Yeah. I don't know. And Marcus Saul's out, too. It's not just LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's Marcus Saul too. So the Lakers really, they just need to find a way to stay afloat because Denver's coming, Portland's coming. They're right on their backs. And it's a very crucial stretch right here for the Lakers. So we'll see what happens for them. But I thought it was, I was very impressed with Zion and uh, Brandon Ingram yesterday. They were just incredible. Zion bringing up the ball and just shows some nice moves, man. Like just at the top of the key. Getting the step on guy. You need to throw two bodies at him. And he's got a decent passing ability as well. Brandon Ingram doing it to his old team too. 36 points on 66% shooting. But um, who else? The Celtics. I didn't do any review on their game against Memphis because Tatum didn't play. He was sick apparently. He played tonight. Uh, the guy's just not really been the same since his contact tracing coronavirus stuff. But... Um. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I posted a tweet the other day that Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker haven't even played three consecutive games all season. So when we talk about continuity for teams like the Clippers, a team like the Celtics has really suffered from that as well. I mean, that's not an excuse, you know, they still have enough talent to be winning the games that they've, they've been losing, and we've talked about all their flaws all season, and I think their stars have really, especially Tatum and Jalen, have tailed off since the beginning of the season with all the little... I mean, Jalen's been ha- been load-managed some games, which is no good. Jason Tatum usually plays, but he's at contact tracing and uh, an illness the other day. It's just they've been hard to stay on the court, and it's very much a struggle. And again, they lost tonight, the I heard, and another late surge, but not good enough. It's very similar to the Sacramento game, similar to the Memphis game. I will be watching the Bucks game tonight. I will rewatch it. Because I did say I would tier one dime dropper teams I would stay with even just through the NCAA tournament, but yeah, just just not good enough for the Celtics. They need to make a move because as I said, it's very contingent the way that they play with their no offense kind of like there's no real offense, just pick and roll, take turns with Tatum, Jalen, and Kemba and Smart and the occasional curl plays and dribble handoffs. Um, it's all contingent on them making shots. And Jace, uh, Kemba hasn't been consistent whatsoever. Tatum hasn't been the same since coronavirus. And Jalen Brown has tailed off as the season's gone on. So, big for the Celtics. Uh, I'll be checking on the Hawks. I heard they lost today to the Kings. That's two losses in a row for Atlanta after eight wins in a row. But... Yeah, I'm just happy about the Clippers doing better, and we'll see. The trade deadlines tomorrow has been a lot of speculation. Let's see what happens. Do we get Lonzo? Do we get George Hill? I want to see a move be made. Was that Lou Williams' last game for the Clippers? Tell me what you guys think. Was it the last game? I don't mind if it is at all, but he's had an impact on this organization, that's for sure. That's it for tonight, guys. I am going to... Go to the live subscribers now. Super chats are turned on. Very low attendance tonight. As always, whenever the Clippers win, you guys suck. Thank you and peace. Celtics fans, I'll be coming with the review of the Bucks game tomorrow. See if there's anything new or it's just the same old, same old. I expect the latter. Thanks for joining me and peace.